This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, Hell House LCC 2, the Avedon Hotel. It It's possibly the worst name in all of uh, fiction. This episode brought to you by the letter... Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. And I'm going to point out that it's LLC, not LCC, Chris. Fair enough. And I'm Troy. And we watched, I'm the asshole. We watched a movie that wasn't what we said we were going to watch. It was not because Brett got kidnapped by a hotel ghost. And so we decided to watch a movie, a different movie instead, because we want to watch Madman with him, but he keeps not showing up. Yeah, because the hotel ghost. Yes. So it seemed fitting so, to watch a movie about hotel ghosts. Exactly. I mean, the weird part was he didn't even go into a hotel and somehow got kidnapped by a hotel ghost. Yeah, well, more of a motel ghost, but... Yeah, yeah like a, an econo-lodge ghost. Yeah. It's the ghost of the Red Roof Inn. Ooh! You didn't leave the light <laughs> on for me! And uh, this is a sequel to Hell House. LLC. Yeah. That's important. Yeah, in case in case you couldn't tell by the name Hell House LLC 2 Hotel Abaddon. Yeah. The Reckoning. The Revenge. I mean like yeah, adding like The Reckoning would have been would have made that title better, I feel. Yeah, they really should have went all the way with it. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have 15 words in the title, why not have 17 words? Really lean into it. Yeah. Which is all to say that this movie starts. It does. And uh, it's, it is a documentary of sorts. A documentary about someone who made a documentary. Yeah. And or this, the remaining person from when they made a documentary. Yeah, because... As as we all know from the first one, uh, bad things happened there. There was a bunch of people that got killed. And out of the uh, the crew that was running the haunted house, only one person made it out. But then turned out she was a ghost. Yep. And then she lured the documentary lady to the hotel to then be trapped or killed in the hotel. Leaving only her cameraman. Yeah. Mitchell. Whose name Chris will promptly forget. Mm-hmm. Already have. Yep. And then uh and then now it's like that's the background to get us ready. That's the app that's the movie to get us ready for the other movie. Yeah. Which is the movie we watched. And uh we're treated to some uh footage from some like local morning show. Yeah, they're going to do a story about the Hotel Abaddon and the Hell House LLC people who made it, uh, who made a, who did a haunted house there where everyone died. And this lady is doing like her little promo from in front of the hotel where she, you know, she's 
having her like little monologue shot that she did. Yeah. And then, but, uh, but, but what? But in the corner of the footage, there's someone standing on the balcony of the Hotel Abaddon. Oh, no. Yes. That place is abandoned. There shouldn't be people on balconies there. No, there shouldn't. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it was John Amplis. Yeah. He's in every movie. You just got to look real close. Yeah. Sometimes he's behind you. Uh, and then uh, we're treated to some other footage. They've uh, they've uh, collated various stories, and they're interviewing people. Um, one lady recounts the story of her son, who went to go check out the hotel Abaddon. And uh, yeah, yeah, he just wanted to go. He just wanted to break in and look around or something, right? Like yeah. And then he sends them creepy text messages. Says they're in the dining room and they have no eyes. Yeah. Like, repeatedly says that. Yeah. Which Which is pretty creepy. Yeah. I only send texts about people who don't have eyes once. Yep. Not repeatedly. Yeah. I mean, if I've sent a text repeatedly, it's going to say they're in the dining room and they all have eyes. Now I am going to send that text repeatedly to someone, though. (laughs) To Brett. Yeah. He'll get it. (laughs) He'll be like, what? (laughs) And uh, You're not showing up, Brett. We we get some more footage. Uh, There's some footage from a couple... Well, there's the, um, I mean, they did show some footage of the son in the hotel with a camera and a light that he points towards his face, not where he's going. Yeah, like you do. Like, because it's really easy to walk around a dark hotel with a light shining into your face. Yeah, you got to make sure the light gets in your eyes real good, that way you can see better. Yeah, the more light, the better you can see. And eventually he like ends up in a corner screaming and then it all goes black. Yeah. You know, and like you do. And then, uh, then we meet the couple, I think. Yeah. It's, I don't recall because the editing of this movie is weird. Yeah. I mean, there's one more story. There's one more story about the sun, which let's just get it out of the way. I don't know where it fits into the movie. Exactly. But when he was a kid, they, um, it was like Christmas or whatever. And like he had gone to bed and the other kids were playing with their toys. And then they hear someone playing like a keyboard in the dining room and they go in there and the kids playing the keyboard and they're like, Hey dude, what you doing? And he just says the hotel Abaddon opens in 2009. And they're like, what? And he's like, what? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I think the lights flicker too and he's like what what's going on how's everybody doing yeah just, just I, I didn't fun. just say a creepy thing I didn't play weird keyboard music and then cryptically say when a hotel was opening yeah and then I think they played like uh, they removed some of the uh, extraneous audio and you could hear some demon voice 
prompting him to say the Hotel Abaddon opens in 2009. Yeah. And so that was creepy, I guess. And that, then and the, and he was playing the same song that they played on the piano in the first movie. Yeah. That's And yeah, and that's it. That's the that's his story done. Perfect. The end. Now mm-hmm. on to the couple in the car. Yeah, we have a couple. They're uh they're heading back from wherever the hell they were, some fashion show, a, I guess. A very disappointing fashion show. Yeah, more like a thrift store, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh they see a a young lady standing by the side of the road and uh decide to pick her up because it's so quaint to see a hitchhiker in this day and age. Yeah. And she was standing on the far side of the road. Yeah. So, so presumably she wants to go the direction they weren't going. Because don't you normally hitchhike on the side of the road the the cars are on that you they're going the direction you want to go? I I don't I don't know. I I don't I mean, think I, I've ever hitchhiked. I've never hitchhiked either, but it just kind of makes logical sense to me. Like yeah. you don't want to have to like cross the street to get to the car that's going to take you somewhere. Everything I know about hitchhiking, I learned from uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons. I'm not sure how you have to show a leg. Yep. I, then, I learned everything I learned. I learned from the fog with Jamie Lee Curtis mm. hitchhiking. Both similar. Yep. And, and then, uh, and so they pick her up. And they're like, hey, where are you going, sweetie? Because they're they're a gay couple, and so they're just and like they play them kind of stereotypically gay with their with the writing, yeah. And uh, and like, hey, sweetie, where are you going? And she's like, I'm going to the hotel, Abaddon. <laughs> like her voice is a little fucked up. It's not like super fucked up, but you could tell they definitely did something to her voice to yeah. make it just a little wrong. So they uh, and they're, and they're like, great. Like, are you sure? It's like I've already checked in. Yeah, and they they're like, yeah, but we're pretty sure that place was closed, you know, for years. Just, just take me there. Also, do you have any sugar water? <laughs> My throat hurts a lot from speaking like this. <laughs> and I was thinking of a uh, Vincent D'Onofrio from Men in Black. <laughs> Good pull. <laughs> yep. Um, so they, uh, they're wearing an Edgar suit. They pull up and they're like, uh, so anyway, as you can see, this is clearly an abandoned hotel. Maybe, like, uh, not here. I'm going to leave now. And she's like, gets out of the car. Yeah. And just runs into the hotel. And they're like, um, should we stop the crazy lady from going into the abandoned hotel? I guess we should. Yeah. So they, they give chase. And go inside, and that, that's kind of it. Well, they go inside, and they, you get a couple flashes of her going around corners. Yeah. And I think she ends up in the basement. And then, like, there's a good jump scare of, like, her looking all, like, fucked up and ghostly. Yeah. As everything goes black. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's a, another video that uh, some kid took. 
where he yeah, was some YouTube Instagrammer, yeah, TikToker guy. Because he his buddy bet him non-specific monetary units that he wouldn't go into the Abaddon Hotel or whatever, and for a place that they say is like guarded 24-7 by cops, it sure as fuck seems easy as shit to get into this place. Well, there may be a reason for that. Just saying. Yeah, I I, I agree. It was very easy, but I think maybe the lore of the place covers that. Fair enough. It's canon. Yeah. Well, the lore that they'll get into. And, uh... He gets in. He goes in. He gets like I don't know, maybe twenty feet in the place. He's like, "Yep, I did it. That's good enough for me. I'm getting paid." And then he hears a hears a weird noise. So you know, like a rational person decides to just head towards it, like you do. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you hear a noise you don't recognize in a haunted hotel, I mean, the first thing you do is go check it out. Yeah. Normally when I'm in a building that I had to dodge cops to get into, I like to stay in as long as possible. Yeah. So he goes to make to sure check I flash the- my light my my flashlight around a whole lot too to make sure that the cops couldn't possibly miss it in the windows as I'm going by them. Yeah, I have a box of stealth fireworks I take with me whenever I'm on a recon mission. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Nice to go up on the tops of buildings to shoot flares off of them. Yeah, that's a distraction. Just his, his his location. Well, see, I operate under the uh, idea that if you see a guy shooting flares out of something, you, you'll say to yourself, "Well, he's obviously allowed to be there. No kind of maniac would break into a place and then shoot a bunch of flares." So this is probably on the level. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like no one would just break into a place. Shoot flares off the roof. Yeah, whatever's going on is probably legit. Yeah. And so, yeah, he goes around and then he sees, like, a pair of legs standing on the stairs as they're descending. But, the, you know, the the ceiling cuts off the rest of the body. Yeah. And then he says, I am going to go turn around and leave now. I am going. But the camera doesn't move. And it just like basically doesn't freeze frame. It just holds in place on this on these legs. And then they cut to someone saying that apparently the uh, that he was live streaming on Facebook. Yeah. And apparently that 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 stream just continued until the phone ran out of juice and died. Yeah. And none of these people were ever seen again. They're all gone. Right. Right. And so hmm, do we meet up with who do we meet up with first? Fake BuzzFeed or are we back to the morning show? Well, I think you get like a little bit of fake BuzzFeed. Like there's two ladies and a dude and they talk about how they brought down some local politicians with their investigative reporting and now they want to they want to call into this morning show and then they cut to the morning show to show you what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. 
So uh, the morning show has got the the lady from the beginning, the host. Yeah, and she's uh, salt high. Yeah. Um, there's the guy, the cameraman from the previous movie, Mitchell. Yeah, and then some kind of like uh, spiritualist ghost hunter guy. Yeah, uh, whatever, John Edwards. Yeah. Or whatever that guy's name was from the Sci-Fi Channel. That's good. I like it. Either that or he's a politician. I can't remember which is which. I think it's Jonathan Edwards was the guy on Sci-Fi, and John Edwards was the politician. Yeah. And they're all... The the panel for the discussion on uh, the Hell House, the Hotel Avedon. And uh, the one guy is basically a buzzkill the entire time. Yeah, like, he's like, it's zoning laws and blah, blah. They should never have had this, the the thing there. They didn't have permits, yada, yada. We couldn't actually have stopped them due to regulations. Blah, blah. You shouldn't have gone in there later. Yada, yada. I hate fun. Yeah. Yeah, he was one, like, monocle drop in saying how uh, preposterous away from being just the worst guy. Yeah. But his voice sounds like Saltai from Battlestar Galactica, which is why he will always be Saltai to me. And then you've got a documentary guy who's like, and I, I don't know what went on in there, but it was not, it ain't cool, man. I ain't going back there. Fuck that yeah, place. That shit's, that shit's fucked and fuck that place. Yeah. And then you got John Edwards who's just like, yeah, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to rough up the ghost. I'm going to smack him around. They're going to tell me yeah. everything. Because the only the only way to get information from ghosts is with me. Yeah. You you want to talk to ghosts, you go through me. I'm a ghost interrogator. And they're basically just... I mean, they cut back to them every so often, but just know they're just going... Well, according to the rule book, uh, there shouldn't be anybody there. And then the documentary guy goes, yeah, it's because of them ghost monsters and shit. And then the other guy's like, I could totally talk to those ghost monsters. That's that's yeah, basically... Although the ghost terrier guy reminds me of the, the professor for the uh, Defense Against the Dark Arts who just, like, tricks people, like, uses, like, magic to change people's minds all the time. Gilroy or whatever his name was. Do you know who I'm talking about, Chris? No. No, you know you're not a Harry Potter fan. No. Oh. Uh, well, I'm I'm sure at least one of our listeners knows who I'm talking about. Yeah, I have no idea. Huh. That's alrighty then. I feel like I've let the whole team down. Well, there's half the team. Yeah. <laughs> so now I mean, it would be uh, a third of the team if Brett was here. So we're not going to say they cut back to over and over because, for seemingly no rhyme or reason, it will cut back to this like daytime news show thing where they're just all going. It's it's fake. No, it's real. No, I, it's it's ghosts, and I want to exploit them over and over. Mm-hmm. That's. It, uh, Although fake, at one point, fake BuzzFeed does call in and say that they want to 
blow the lid off of this whole Hotel Abaddon thing. Yeah. And and they got a hot scoop. Uh, yeah, and Saltai is like whatever, you could have been the next BuzzFeed, but now you're going to be the next BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed, yeah, like uh, I mean, BuzzFeed covers everything from real news to which Disney character do you smell like? So, quizzes. So, I mean, yeah. It's anything. Number four is going to shock you. Yep. <laughs> so uh, now we're meeting up with fake BuzzFeed. And their whole shtick is, I guess, they tape everything all the time, like, uh, for reasons. They're the James Holden of uh, news coverage. Well, you, you watch the Expanse, but not not Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yes, they're they're James Holden. And they're uh, they're meeting up at a, the local a local bar to kind of go over their plan because uh, the other documentary man from the first movie decided to go with them. Because he wants to know what the deal was with the ghost girl from the first movie. Yeah, where his partner went. Because she just like walks into a hotel room and never comes back out. Yeah. And then like disappears. And uh, yeah, and then um, and they're like, well, we know that the hotel was based after this, this killing hotel that someone else devised. So it's hard to like it's confusing to get around in to keep people from getting out of it quickly. Yeah. Chasing them. The murder castle. Yeah. And so we need you to help us get to navigate it. Cause you've been in there and you know how to navigate it. And we have this hot tip that this one dude who escaped the suicide cult that happened what in the 1910s or whatever. That was the eighties. Oh, 1980s. No, oh, they're the same thing. And, uh, he, he didn't actually suicide with the rest of them cause he was out of town at the time. And so he, but he got picked up by the police for something else. And he flipped on all the people who'd already killed themselves and said that the information was in the freezer or in the fridges or in the fridge, but they didn't find any evidence in the fridges in the kitchen. And, but their, their hypothesis is that it was in the fridge in the basement. Yeah. Which again, doesn't speak super highly of the effectiveness of the police force in this town. Yeah. Cause no one said, Oh, there's a fridge in the basement. Let's just open this random fridge door and see what's in here. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know a lot about a uh, professional, uh, constabling, but I'd imagine if there's 30 dead people, you probably search the goddamn place from top to bottom to look for, you know, stuff about the 30 dead people. Yeah, and then you make a pun and put your sunglasses on. Yeah, and then they play some of the who. Yep. That's what I know about being a cop. Yeah. But, uh, nope. So they're, they're get together... Their plan is to sneak in through the uh, secret cornfield entrance. The back door. Yeah. <laughs> is what it's called, Chris. The back door. And uh, 
they're getting ready to go, and we got a uh, we got our team fake Buzzfeed. Yeah. With uh, and what? There's the lead investigator lady. Yeah. Who has blonde hair? So we'll probably just call her Blondie. And then there's the other lady who has an undefined role. She's the scared one. Hair. She's what? She's the scared one. Yeah. And she has brown hair, so maybe we'll call her brunette. And they leave. And then there's camera guy who has the camera. Mm-hmm. And they want to leave brunette outside to let them know. Because they've, they've deduced. I don't know why they use the fucking word deduced. But they've deduced that there's a 10-minute window they can use to get into the building while the cops change ships. You know, instead of just like watching the cops and timing them to see, you know, they just deduced to this, apparently. Yeah, this is a real fucking Sherlock Holmes shit. Yep. <laughs> it's elementary, my dear Watson. Yeah, and then Brunette, she's like, I don't know, I'm uh, scared of everything. I don't really want to go like, in. And Blondie's like, yeah, like, yeah, we needed you to stay at the car anyway. Yeah, that's the ticket. In case the cops show up, you'll see them from this cornfield. And then you can call us on the radio and let us know that if they're coming into the house so we can leave the house through the secret corn exit. Yeah. Not sure why they think on the other side of a cornfield is the best vantage point to look for cops, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, okay, cool, I'm on it. Yep. And uh, so they head in. They get to the back door. Oh, but they also bring um, they bring Jonathan Edwards with them as well, and his cameraman. Yeah, well, they kind of show up. They said yeah, they were going like, to be oh, there. Uh, if you're going in, we're going in because you're going to need me because I'm psychic. Yeah. In fairness, he does have a pretty dope uh, planchette. Yep, it's very fancy looking. Yeah, it's like the uh, the uh, the the tormentation planchette. Yeah. So they uh they all meet up at the back door. Which the is secret just, corn entrance. Yeah. And it's open already. And uh, John Edwards is like, well, clearly. They they want to talk to me personally because they know I'm here, so they let us in because they got stuff to say to me. Yes. And everybody's like, "Cool, great, glad you showed up. You're yep. fun. You're real fun." And and then he then the and then uh, former documentarian guy sticks like a two by four in the uh, in the hinge of the door to keep it from closing. Because he knows that sometimes that shit closes and doesn't open again. Yeah. So they head on in, and it's uh, it's still got the trappings from the the haunted house. It still has the security cameras put up too. I noticed. Yeah. Which I thought was in. I thought I thought that was interesting that they even had the cameras still up. And uh, yeah, so they get to like a point, and he's like, "Well." You know, you psychic dude, you said you wanted to go to the dining room. That's this way. Uh, fake BuzzFeed, you said you wanted to go to the basement. That's that way. So we're going to have to split the party. Yeah. And as everybody knows, nothing bad ever happens when you split up in the haunted house. <laughs> no, everything goes perfectly fine all I the mean, time. 
That's some Scooby-Doo 101 shit. Yep. You split up. I'm going to go with the hot chick. You're going to go with the dog. Bada boom, bada bing. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you get Velma and you get Velma. Yeah. For some reason, we think she's not the hot chick. I, I I didn't specify who the hot chick was. That's an exercise for the viewer. I know, but it's always, Fred always implies that it's Daphne. Yeah. So, uh, the John Edwards heads to the dining room where he gets his super nice planchette out. And then takes some chalk and writes a Y and an N on the table. Yeah. And, uh, but first, uh, in the dining room, however, are a bunch of dummies that have been dressed up to be the suicide cult in the, in the, in the, cause they killed themselves in the dining room. Yeah. And so, yeah, and so they they make sure to do a good pan over them with the camera, and, and uh, then they pan back so, to where they came from, and there's like two nooses hanging in the in the dining room all of a sudden. Yeah, and they do a good job of going like, were those there before? Like, I don't remember seeing them, but maybe I just didn't notice them because of all the creepy mannequins. Yeah, which is understandable. And I kind of had that moment too. I was like, well, I could go and rewind. I don't actually care that much. Yeah. But at least they've now put that doubt in my head, so that's kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> and uh, John Edwards is like, hey, sup, ghosts? John Edwards? But you knew that. I'm famous in two worlds, the physical and the spiritual. And he's like, uh, so, who, who's here? Are you the Tully, the guy who owned the hotel? And the planchette says no, and he's like, "Oh, so maybe you're one of the uh, the cool the cool group of people he was hanging out with, who aren't at all a suicide cult." Days on end. Uh, yep. Like, oh, okay, so you're other miscellaneous spirits, and then it says why. Uh, yep. He's like, and you're here, you're not going to do us any harm, right? <laughs> and it goes back over to N. <laughs> and you're like, ooh, oh, that's that's not good. And it stayed on Y. No, I thought it was going to do him harm. And he said, you're not going to do us harm. Or, no, you don't mean us harm, right? And it, no, it said, or no, no, it basically it implies whatever the hurt answer him. is. It says, no, we're going to hurt you. Yeah, you're going to get fucked up, John Edwards. That's the takeaway. Yeah. And John Edwards and is he, like, cool, let's get out of here. Um, yep. And but that's it's, when uh, a creepy clown monster... Or no, it's, it's one, the girl from the... It's the girl from the road. Yeah. Who was acting face. like a mannequin or a dead a dead mannequin thing? She yeah. pops up out of the mannequin pile. Oh yeah, yeah, the chairs pops up out of one of the chairs, and they run away, and then she pops up in front of them. Yeah. And then and, there's some artifacting, and then things go dark. Yeah. And then we cut back to a fake Buzzfeed, who are making their way to the basement. Which, and it says like, the, and it says in Latin, the, the door is open a couple yeah. of times on the wall. 
Yeah. And the cameraman's like, oh, we're not going to address that. That seems weird. Okay. Yeah, no, like, I, don't, I don't remember that being on the wall when they showed footage of this earlier, like back in the first movie. So they, uh, they head down to the walk-in. The weird clown pile is down there still from the first movie. Yeah, that's just... Uh, just the mannequins just hanging around in this movie. They moved so many times in the first one that you're just like, oh God, what's going to happen next every time you see one? Yeah. And they're... Uh, they go to the the walk-in and they find what they're looking for in no time at all, which makes me wonder why nobody found that stuff. Well, because they didn't look in the fridge. Yeah, I mean, it had that handle. You had to move it. Although, like, also on the way there, doesn't the uh, the camera guy also comment on the fact that the lights are on? And how the fuck can the lights be on? <laughs> yeah. Because they, uh, in the first movie, they had to, like, rig their own lighting with generators because there were no lights or no power to the hotel. Yeah. So they're down there. They find, um, they find a bunch of tapes, audio and videotapes, and presumably that's going to blow this thing wide open. And there's some menus that are also going to, where they find out that uh, they have a bunch of ways to cook lobster, but they don't have nachos. Yeah, which was very upsetting to the cameraman. Because the cameraman likes him some nachos. I mean, a fair point, but it seems like the wrong time for that. Mm-hmm. And that's when they get the call on the radio from scared scared brunette lady, who's like, "Guys, I'm 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 here. Where are you?" And they're like, "What do you mean?" Like, it's like I'm in the front. I'm in the front lobby. The door won't open. Where are you? Stop fucking with. Stop fucking around. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, so she's she's camera guy's girlfriend or he's her boyfriend, however you would like to phrase that. Yeah. And so he's like, fine, I'll go get her and see why she's here since we told her to stay out there. Yeah. So he heads up and uh, the documentarian man from the first one, he's like, man, this ain't right. That ain't cool. This is this is how it starts, man. Yep, he get started getting his his PS, PTSD starts firing up, and uh, cameraman's upstairs and he's talking to a scared brunette, and he's like, "What are you doing? We told you to stay outside. Like, what's what did you talk? What's going on?" And she's like, "I don't know why you're being a fucking asshole because you told me to come here on the walkie-talkie," and he's like, "No, yeah. pretty sure I didn't do that." She's like, "No, you know I'm already freaked out. Don't be like fucking with me more about this. I know you did this." Just fucking admit it so I can stop freaking out about it. Yeah. He's like, I did not do this. She's like, what do you mean? Yeah. So he radios back downstairs like, hey, she said that I said to come here. And they're like, huh, weird. You didn't do that. And he's like, yeah, I know, right? (laughs) So, uh, and documentarian's like, nope, nope. This is, we're done. We're out. We got to go right now. Grab. Grab whatever you want to, but we're getting out. Yeah. And then uh, 
the door that she came through, scared brunette, now is locked down. Can't go well, that he way. He says it doesn't have a doorknob when yeah. he clearly is grabbing the doorknob and trying to turn it. Hey, I don't know, man. I mean, it's, like there's no doorknob, and he's just like his hand is going back and forth, like he's turning, trying to turn a doorknob. I'm like, what? He's he's hoping if he believes hard enough, it'll manifest itself. I guess. No, all that's what opens doors, Chris. It's not the actual doorknob. It's just when you put your hand near a certain spot and rotate it, that opens the door. Yeah, the doorknob is in your mind. Yeah, the doorknob there is to train you in the magic of door opening. <laughs> once they take once they take the training wheels away, you're stuck trying to do it with magic up on your own. So they uh they head back. They're gonna try to get out the back door or the secret corn exit. <laughs> and uh, there's one of the clown dummies leaned up in front of the door, and they're like, oh. Okay, that was downstairs. I don't care for that. Nope. Yeah, that was definitely not there before. And documentarian guy's like, no, this is probably fine. It's just a fake dummy. We just got to go buy it. It's going to be cool. No worries. Nope. And, then, and, and Yeah, and then the arm on the, the dummy like was kind of up, and then it drops, and it turns its head, looks at them, and the door slams shut. Yeah. And then everyone just let out a, let out a collective, nope. <laughs> yeah. They nope the fuck out of there. <laughs> the nope heard around the world. And they make the uh, the classic haunted house move of going upstairs. Yep. Well, because they couldn't go out any other exit, so upstairs is the only other place they haven't been. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> and they head upstairs to the strobe light chain link fence room yep full of dummies except for the one that's not a dummy yeah <laughs> it comes after them yeah so that, yeah there are some very effective uh moments in this movie and this was one of them <laughs> and they all uh they all book it to the room where the lady from the first movie disappeared yeah. Or they almost go into that. Yeah, they go into that one. Yeah. 2 2C or whatever it was. Yeah. So they go into there. They barricade the door with like a dresser. They tur- they they tip a dresser against it. You know, to buy some time, hatch out a plan. Yeah. Uh scared brunette is very scared and still has still has brown hair. Still uh, Blondie says, uh, don't worry, everything's cool. I'll make sure we all get out of this in one piece. You know. She's like, and she's like, then she tries to use her phone and there's no service. And then she asks f- former documentarian guy to to try to call. And he's like, what? There's no service. Here, see? And he, like, he just starts, he just goes like in a full like scared asshole mode where he's like, moves to a corner of the room. He's like, no service. And then like runs over to the other side of the room. Look, no service. He's like, basically like, game over, man. Game over. <laughs> but only with no service instead. They, uh, they try some different channels on the walkie talkie. Uh, they get a hold of a ghost monster. 
Yep. Who's like remind, tells them if they would like a wake up call or happy to provide one or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, some weird hotel based shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, didn't they also at one point cross a uh, chalkboard that listed them as guests at the hotel? Yeah, I think when they were scurrying around earlier. Yeah. And then at this point, camera guy's like, hey guys, hold on. I've been, I just, while you guys were having your panic attacks, I decided to uh, listen or watch some of the tapes that we got from downstairs on uh, on the camera. Check this out. Yeah. And we see uh, footage from months prior to the original incident in 2009 where the guy who owned Hell House, Alex, is making some sort of arrangements with a guy off camera. Who sounds like Saul Ty from Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. I'm sure that's just a coincidence. It won't come into play later. Never. Not at all. Everyone sounds like Saul Ty. I do. Yeah. Michael. Everybody sounds like Michael Hogan. And, uh, yeah, he makes a deal with the guy to use the Hell House because the guy knows that he like squandered the company money on some unspecified deal they made or gamble of some kind. Yeah. It it's not clear, but the the point is that he's going to now move his haunted house deal to the uh Hotel Abaddon. Yeah, from New York City. And New York all... City <laughs> get a rope. Thank you. You're Jesus welcome. Christ, Chris. <laughs> it took you fucking... <laughs> I'm a disappointment again. Yes, you are. <laughs> so they're all like, cool. The, the guy did the thing. That's helpful. Yep. And then... You, as they're doing that, you, like you see in the background, the door is open. Well, the like, light goes out hear, on the camera. Yeah, and you don't hear anything. Like you don't hear the dresser move or anything. Yeah, but when it it comes back on, the uh, there's someone. There's the door is open and there's someone in the doorway, and then I think it flickers again and there's not anyone in the doorway. And then it comes, it flickers again and stays steady, but then Scared Brunette is missing. Yeah. And they find a note that says that she's now down in the basement. With her friends or something. Yeah, something. Or with their friends. So they, uh, they decide to head to the basement. And, you know, they head on down, spooky shit, whatever. They get down there. And- and she's laying on the clown pile. Yep. And there's a clown mannequin with a knife to her throat. Yeah. And she's unconscious. Yeah. And cameraman and uh, documentary guy, they they start casually, very slowly walking over, very, very slow. Well, they don't want to startle a mannequin, you know, because mannequins, they don't react well when you scare them. That's true. Known for their skittishness. Yeah. And, uh, Blondie's got the camera. She says that somebody's coming. And then, uh, I guess. 
and then they try to get the throat or the knife away from the mannequin, but it it doesn't really. I don't know if it struggles, but they have a hard time getting the knife away from the girl's throat. Yeah, and then all hell breaks loose, literally. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a literal portal to hell opens up with complete with uh, cloaked figures. Yeah, in the wall where they had drawn a bunch of like sigils and stuff in the first movie. Like, yeah. Then, like where they had the lady chained to the wall. And uh, they grab the cameraman and pull him into the hell portal. And everybody else uh, scrambles off. Yep. They all make a break for it. And then something happens. Well, there's at one point they get separated. Yeah. And at one point, I think the former documentarian is walking through the hallways upstairs and he's kind of like having this dreamlike scene where the, the lady, his partner who like disappeared in the first movie at the end of the first movie is talking on the phone with like her mom and the hotel looks like normal and it's kind of, it's like a normal looking hotel doesn't look run down or anything. And he walks past her and she's on the phone and she's like, no, 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 but I'm already dead. Yeah. And comes after him and he like, and then like things like she attacks him and things go black for him. Yeah. And then he wakes up in the dining room well, first we cut back to the morning show for an actual important thing. Okay. Where they wind up the interview, you know. Yes. Lady thanks everybody for their time. Uh, everybody's leaving. The, uh, I don't know, some intern or production assistant or something comes up to the host lady. And she's like, hey, that was, uh, that was the stodgy guy. He said sorry he couldn't make it to the interview. He got in a little fender bender and just now could call to say he wasn't going to be able to make it. And the host lady's like, what are you talking about? We just did it. He was here literally seconds ago. How could we have interviewed a guy if he's not there? Idiot. (laughs) You dumb dummy. So that's, uh, that's that. Who was that man? That primes you for when, uh, former documentarian wakes up in the dining room of the hotel. Yeah. And hanging from the ceiling are, uh, Jonathan Edwards and his cameraman. And at the, at the table is Alex and his partner from the first movie. Yeah. Mac. Yeah. And, And, in tied to chairs are blonde and brunette. Yeah. And then who should show up? But uh, it's the stodgy guy from the interview. Salt high. And he's like, hey, how's it going? Turns out I'm the guy that owned the hotel, Tully or whatever. Yeah, the Aleister Crowley analog. Yeah. And he said, you know, turns out we found a portal to hell. The titular Abaddon. 
Lake of Fire. Yeah, there's something about the Snake Lord or some weird shit. <laughs> yeah, you know, Jake Roberts. Yeah. The Snake Lord. And he says that he's got an important decision to make. That uh, only one person gets to leave. Because that's that's how the thing works. The hotel has always been open. It was never not open. Yeah, it's just people check in, but they they can never leave. They can even check out, but they can't ever leave. And the whole... And so, but they need to send someone out to lure more people into the hotel. Yeah. And he gets to pick who the person is. And he's like, and, uh... And, and then uh, Saul Ty's like, ah, I thought you'd have some trouble. So we're, yeah, we're going to help out. By not choosing, by not choosing, you made a choice. Yeah. So they're going to help him by eliminating one possible uh, choice. And uh, and they they gut stab uh, scared brunette. Yeah. And he's like, see, there you go. Now it's easier. And then he sees the girl he was looking for. She's playing the piano song. Missing an eye. Yeah. And yeah. that fills him full of feelings. Negative feelings. And then he uh he runs up and you just hear Blondie yelling. Yeah. But she's been found days later wandering yeah. around the streets. Yeah, like three days later with no memory of what happened. And she's at the cop shop. And they're trying to get some info because she's all busted up looking. And she doesn't remember much except for lots of blood. The cop walks in front of the camera that's recording the the interview. She turns into a ghost monster. He walks back in front of it. She turns back to normal. Says, uh, check out the Hotel Abaddon. And, I mean, that's pretty much it. And my my dog is sleep barking. Wow, that's that's adorable. It is, <laughs> and that's it. And yeah. Uh, so, Chris, what did you think of this movie? It the first one was better, and it it has some moments that are pretty effective, like uh. All their names being on, like, the guest chalkboard was a pretty good, like, just detail that's there that you see that they don't hit you over the head with. This movie's at its best when it's not beating you over the head with what's going on. Like, it it was more effective in the first one because there wasn't a bunch of weird lore and hell portals and suicide cults. It was just like... Yeah, maybe it's just ghosts, or maybe it was a suicide cult taunting the place, or maybe it's whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is, it's weird. Weird clown monsters are here. I, I don't know. It's There's not much to say about it. It's a found footage movie. Occasionally, it's good at what it's trying to do, but most of the time, it's just kind of boring. They jump around a lot, back and forth between varying footages, and like the the news lady, 
it's I don't know. I don't know. I say skip it probably. Unless you're super invested in the Hell House LLC uh, cinematic universe. You could you could probably pass Hell House L L C C U. Yeah. But I don't know. I've seen worse found footage movies. Seen better. Extremely disappointed. Five out of ten. <laughs> what do you think, uh, Troy? Uh, I think you. We've we've now learned your IMDb handle is what I think I, we've <laughs> learned. Um, I yeah. When this when this movie tries, it does what found footage does really well, which is build suspense, gives you a nice feeling of dread. Uh, has stuff going on in the background where the characters can't see it, but the camera can. And it gives you like that, oh, no, kind of feeling through through the parts that it really tries to do that. And that it does really well. The problem is they only had somewhere between a half hour and 45 minutes of movie that they did that in. The rest of the movie is like talking heads at a morning show just spouting bullshit at each other instead of moving anything forward in the story or, you know, giving you more scares. So I'm overall, I have like, I feel like I have a positive impression of this movie, but the, the portal to hell was really poorly done. They really should not have shown it. Um, the bad guy monologue at the end I could have done without. Um, I I don't know. I it suffers from middle movie problems in general because they I think after they did the first movie they're like oh we'll do three of them now so there's a trilogy, but this has to like all of a sudden had to explain why there's enough here for there to be a trilogy because the first one wasn't expecting to be a trilogy. So I don't know. I, I will say if you're going to watch the first one, watch this one. Cause I think it's a decent sequel to it. It just is not as good of a movie as the first one. So I would say generally yes, but not because it's a fantastic movie. Fair enough. So what are we going to attempt to watch next week, Chris? Well, we're going to try to watch Madman again. Yes, as suggested by both Brett and Megan Slauson, independently of each other. Yes. But, uh, yeah, there's not some weird conspiracy going on between Brett and Megan where they're trying to make us watch a movie. Oh. Because if there was, Brett would show up and we'd watch the damn movie. I mean... You don't know. That's a sign of a good conspiracy is not knowing about it. Yeah, he's hidden. They're hiding in layers. Like it's it's uh, it's plots within plots, wheels within wheels turning. So what if uh, some other shadowy cabal wants to conspire to get us to watch something eventually? How would they do that? Well, I mean, I feel like they should already know this information, but I guess if you're just getting your uh, your Illuminati cell up and running. Uh, you could uh, reach us at Facebook where we are Slaughterhouse Princess. You could email us at Slaughterhouse Princess Podcast 
at gmail.com because we couldn't make that handle any longer. Uh, you could tweet us at Slaughter Prince, which is Slaughter Princess with no vowels in princess. Um, you could reach out to us on our Discord server at discord.slaughterhouseprincess.com. And you could probably also infer that we have a slaughterhouseprincess.com uh, where you can find out information about the show and see where, what episodes we have available and what movies we've watched and things like that, uh, including our store and our links to our store and our Patreon there. Uh, and again, thank you to all of our patron, all patrons on Patreon. We do uh, appreciate all of your pledges. And uh, I, you, I guess if you are listening to this because someone gave you a thumb drive with an MP3 on it, you can find us at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio, uh, TuneIn. Uh, you can just tell your smart speaker to play Slaughterhouse Princess Podcast. There's all kinds of ways to listen to us. Yeah, more than there needs to be. So come back next time for Madman, probably. And uh, while other podcasts think about movies, we'll drink about movies. Bye. I'll put it under triv- under goofs. Did you know in the trivia section for this? Yeah. <laughs> that there is obviously a goof labeled as trivia. <laughs>